Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to another episode of Have We Made It Yet? You know what? It is still crazy, though, because before we get to that, my name's Lucas, the actor, and I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Yang, the comedian. Have We Made It Yet? The podcast where two creatives talk about their pursuits in making it. Yeah, but uh, not feeling too creative right now since everything is still on lockdown entering like what three four months now i don't even remember close to that close to that about 80 plus days yeah as we start with every episode though mr josh yang in your loud loud shirt and new setup mind you Mm. have you made it yet i have not made it yet but i am also now with natural lighting which i probably should have tried this a lot earlier but i guess i didn't want to show off my messy room but uh whatever this still looks better so hopefully it comes off a little bit better but uh that's a minor improvement i would say um but yeah that's that's about it lucas lucas have you made it yet uh no i have not made it yet but i do gotta say though your new webcam your only fans website though they're gonna love it Oh yeah, OnlyFans. You know what? I I am you know working on that in between my two podcasts, just getting just getting the uh, initial launch content ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's going to be a lot of salacious photos. Josh's <laughs> motto on OnlyFans: No nudes, only lewds. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. You know what? Okay, actually, I did put down like two things on my list of things in our early banter on in this episode. I did figure out two things I need to work on in in my acting. Okay, so um, I recently uh, hurt myself at work. Oh. I sliced my finger pretty good. Ooh, yeah, which sucks. But it's also another lesson. I should slow the fuck down because I always rush things. And then eventually I end up hurting myself. So that's more of a a lesson in general in life. So just slow down and take time that you need. Right. Um, so another thing I realized after looking at self-tapes myself, I have sleepy eyes. Well, you, as in the bags under your eyes? Well, well no, no. But I realized, like, I, I don't think it's bags, though. But no, like, yeah. It's just, like, your natural shape of your eye, though. Yeah. Or are you yeah. talking about something else? But, but like, okay, there's just one scene that I was doing with a scene partner and I was trying to convince him of doing something, mm. which was like really detrimental to myself if, if that person didn't do it. And I was looking at myself and I'm like, can you please do this? Just do it. Just do it faster. Uh. 
And I realized I need to be more expressive with my eyes. Yeah. So I need to maintain eye contact with people a mm. lot better. So just two things that I've realized I need to work on. Yeah, I mean, like, sometimes it's it's hard to determine, like, if you're supernatural on camera, then, like, those things maybe just naturally do them. Yeah. But, like, I would agree. I, w- I think I would be, like, my face doesn't move at all whenever I speak. So I feel like even if my face doesn't move, my voice doesn't move. Uh-huh. So maybe people just don't even realize they're talking to me. Josh, we know you exist, though, because you matter, man. Do I? All right. Okay. Okay. But you you briefly touched upon it, though. We're at episode 20. Did I? Oh. Well, I mean, did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, episode 20. And for all the haters that said we wouldn't even make it past episode five, you know what? (laughs) There were no haters. Yeah, everyone's pretty supportive. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone was, especially this next guest that we have here. Oh, this next guest. We would not be here if it weren't for this next guest. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm going to have to fight the urge to play this too natural because, to be honest, he's a good friend of ours. And and if I was going to be completely honest, he is really the godfather of this podcast. Mm. I mean, if you've seen the earlier episodes, it was all his gear that he let us borrow. And if you've uh, been with us since the beginning, it was actually at his place that you and I did our first chemistry uh, chemistry test together. Right, right. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Um, so just I first met him in the summer of 2016. We had a good group of friends, but like we clicked because him and I, we shared in our artistic pursuits and cultural tastes. Um, and to this day, I still look up to him as a mentor in music and film production and also just in overall films, too. Uh, you might know him best as the manager of the also talented artist Daniela Andrade, but he's also executive produced music videos and is an amazing photographer, as you can see on his Instagram and also on Daniela's Instagram, too. You know what? Many people call him Jeff Kwok, but we get the privilege of calling him our good friend and also brother. So. You can give it up for Mr. Jeff Kwok. Hey. Oh, there it is. <laughs> hurry up, hurry up. Okay, there you are. There it Am is. Am I on? Am I live? You are alive, man. You are alive a week ahead of release. Yes. <laughs> What's good? Episode 20. Congrats, guys. What? What? Uh, yeah, I mean, like everything, all the sound that you hear is all thanks to Jeff's equipment. I mean, this baby here is also Jeff's microphone. So as the godfather, you know, you always got to pay respect to the, yes. <laughs> the godfather. So Jeff's, yeah. Jeff is, Jeff is the one who's, he's looking out for us and, uh, yeah. Thank yeah. you, Jeff. Well, well, you're buying protection for my, my gears. So, so. yeah, yeah. Just a little, little mic condom in front of you. So. Little, 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 little pop cover. Little try to you know, not not be too harsh on the microphone. I'm just I'm just glad you're putting it to good use because I I have a lot of stuff that I don't use and just kind of <laughs> I'm a bit of a gear whore. So yeah, um, yeah. Mr. Jeff Kwok, as we ask with every guest that we have on here. Yes. Have you made it yet? You guys didn't ask yourselves that. No, we did. Yeah, we did. In the beginning. Did you? 
Yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, he, oh, he's not even listening for a beginning. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. Um, well, I've made it onto this podcast, so I've made it this far. Yeah. Nice. We are now a platform podcast where people think they're going to get like their Colbert bump. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's the title of your podcast. It's It's hard for me to answer that honestly because i think you never really make it and if you uh-huh. say you've made it then mm. you're whack <laughs> so, oh really is no, that no, no. Uh, i don't know i just don't believe that you should ever make it because mm. then what happens next right like your your journey just just ends like is it like retirement making it i mean there's different obviously different um ways of saying that you've made it yeah uh-huh. Well, I mean, I I guess I would imagine the initial, if it's not like when you're like a super young or like a a kid, you're dreaming about like being a movie star or like a famous musician or whatever. Other than that fantastical image of who, of what making it would be like, I guess if you're just starting out, Mm -hmm. you know, pursuing this kind of stuff, like you would probably have a goal, right? Like a Mm -hmm. specific goal that would be like, I just want to, Right now, all I can see is if I can get up to here, well, like, you know, it could be like a short term goal or it could be like a long term goal where it's like now I feel like I have a career. I don't know, like, exactly how I, f- I forgot how you got into music uh, production or that era, or like how you would even define like what you do because you do so much right now. But like when you first started out, then what, what would you say is like the goal that you wanted to get to? Oh man, I, I I guess I've been really bad at setting goals and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, I'm the wrong person to ask. Um, but I've been trying to make that more of a point, you know, kind of set goals like the one year goal, five year goal, type mm. of thing. Um, but when I first started, I didn't really have set goals except for just like create, make stuff, try to make a living out of it. And I guess that would be like goal number one, um, right? Yeah. And I guess, like, how long ago what would you say is that? Like, you've been because, like, Lucas started last year. I started also kind of yeah. last year, but you you've been at it for like definitely a few years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a bit longer than you guys. Um, I I think about eight years ago was when I like mm-hmm. quit my my regular full time job and then mm-hmm. decided to just freelance and start my own uh, label with someone, uh, Daniela, and just like try to try to make it in the business i guess yeah. yeah like like with that point though um you know it's just honestly the randomness of life too and everything but if you had stayed in your office profession you would have never moved here and the life you led would have not been what it is now um can you go into more detail about what prompted you to to quit your i guess your office job life and to pursue this life right now yeah i, th- I think i honestly i fell into everything that has led up to this point um i met daniela the the sole artist that i manage um in 20 i met her in 2011 i want to say cool Um, and then at the time i was working as an accountant (laughs) um in edmonton (laughs) kind of small town didn't really know what to do career-wise and just kind of like you know i went cheated through university (laughs) got by got a job (laughs) yeah and um, 
honestly hated my job, worked as an accountant for a few years, and mm-hmm. um, I met Daniela, did some photos for her, and then we became friends. And then through that, kind of just got an opportunity to just help her out with um, her career. Um, and everything just kind of snowballed through that and I started managing her. And yeah, the rest is history, I guess. Nice, nice. So w- when you first gravitated towards her, I-, yeah. I guess my next question is, what inspires you or what gravitates you towards working and collaborating with creatives? Um, yeah, so when I first met her, I was still an accountant, but I was doing photography on the side. Um, mm-hmm. And really, it was just like I bought a camera. I was like trying to get whatever gigs I could. So mm-hmm. I did like weddings and stuff, but I knew I didn't really didn't quite fully enjoy that either. It was more just like a way of, you know, getting money because there's not a lot of commercial stuff in Edmonton. No. Mm. So not a huge market as a photographer or really it's hard to make it as a creative in, in Edmonton. So, um, yeah, sorry, I, I forgot your question. <laughs> no. Well, what inspires you or what attracts you to to work with creatives? Uh, I think I'm just a creative myself. Um, and I have always, you know, just being a creator, I like picking up stuff and hobbies that are just about making art, whether it's like photos, music, mm-hmm. like, yeah, those are the main things I would say, but I wasn't much of a drawer. I, it was always like a medium through technology that kind of always mm-hmm. made me, um, motivated to pursue uh-huh. Like like photography, video, like cinematography, sound stuff. So it's like with the, I was always a nerd, just like using computers. And then over time, things just got more accessible. I think, and then I, yeah. those things would always pique my curiosity. And then I would do that. And then yeah, so I just like collaborating and working with other creatives. I think I think it just kind of yeah. Was there was there kind of like how did you feel about suddenly the opportunity to work with a specific artist in Daniela and then like taking on the chance to manage her doing something like as a manager of an artist, like if, especially your first artist, you know, I imagine you didn't have very much experience in, in the industry doing it. So I I was wondering like when you took on that job, like job or role, did you have any, you know, fears going into it or it's like oh this is is exciting it's different i've never done it before but it's like i wonder how far i can take it can you talk a bit about like that kind of decision to accept the challenge yeah i mean yeah i didn't i didn't study anything about the music industry all i Mm -hmm. did buy some books like how to how to run a how to i forget what it's called but it's actually a pretty good book it's like how to how to make it in the music business or something like that or everything you need to know about the music business um it's kind of like a a, like the holy grail of like music industry books Mm -hmm. Um, just summarizes like a little bit of everything that has to do with the music industry yeah Um, which also changes a lot of time because the music industry is just changing rapidly um just like film and just like any other kind of creative or digital like medium so um yeah, so um 
Sorry, I'm, I keep forgetting what I'm trying, what I'm trying to answer. It's, it's like, because, because the, uh, like when you hear people talk about like music managers or it's yeah. like when you're managing musicians, like it, it's, it's almost impossible for me to imagine like how does somebody even start right. that, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you either work for a label and then you start yeah. going from the ground up. But like if you're just going for like a super kind of like you're not attached to a label i don't think daniela was attached to it definitely uh, at the time right so it's just the two of you deciding to like go out and like take the brand take her music and try to grow it yeah it's it's like in that moment though like what were your then like expectations for you know yeah well like what was great it was we were friends first so it wasn't kind of like a random Mm -hmm. just like probably like how you guys started this podcast as friends it didn't have that pressure of oh we need and any creative industry is is already really hard to necessarily make it like you Mm -hmm. know a career so as far as i guess i had some expectations because i did quit my like regular nine to five job Mm yeah to fully pursue this um but i kind of just i don't know i just kind of figured everything out on the fly um mm. yeah i've always been i guess like entrepreneurial in that way just like figuring stuff out and being that about nine years ago eight nine years ago the music industry was just changing very quickly mm-hmm. um it was kind of like a time where you could make new rules and do things differently and mm-hmm. that's kind of how we did it we we kind of grew her fan base on YouTube when right. mainly what was on YouTube were like cat videos and like only a couple handful of like more prominent musicians or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess I was also on YouTube checking out those videos and that's kind of how I, I first discovered Daniela. Um, so she's from the same city as I am, but I was just like watching YouTube one day and then, just saw a super talented girl just do acoustic covers mm-hmm. yeah, and just like went on a, like a wormhole of her videos and then just like, well, she's super good, crazy talented, went to her profile and just saw that she was also from Edmonton and mm-hmm. not a lot of people are from Edmonton if you yeah. consider the entire world, right? So that's when I reached out and offered her like a free photo shoot and all that oh. stuff. That's, that's how I met her actually. Um, yeah. With no intentions of like trying to manage her or anything like that. It was more like I was doing photos at the time again, um, some band photos, weddings, just whatever I could really do. So yeah, yeah. I just wanted to help like a local Edmontonian out and, and see like if she needed photos and whether that could help her and they could help my portfolio. So it was like really uh-huh. organic in that way. Yeah. Uh, huh. no, that, that's pretty interesting because like, um, in terms of actually finding someone that you that you can identify with and also create with, it's it's hard enough finding people in person. But you also, but you you found them on YouTube, yeah. and and you also found out that they're from Edmonton too. So the proximity and distance is even closer. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of her sound and her her overall image, uh, what was the initial attraction that you had in wanting to? work with Daniela was it her her choice of covers or just her overall voice I think mainly it was it was a bit of both but like 
it was mainly just her her voice her texture it was unique it wasn't just like good and and on pitch or whatever it was mm-hmm. very unique um yeah and obviously i'm biased but there's really no one like her as far as like her tone there's mm-hmm. similarities of other artists of course there's yeah a lot of people <laughs> um but yeah it was probably like her tone her texture of her voice that really drew me to that like initial like youtube loop on her, nice. on her videos yeah yeah uh-huh. how was how was the like the first few months or first few like years um going through the managing process um so i met her yeah i think 2011 i want to say and then we were we just kind of like i did the photos for her and then we just kind of talked over like a span of a year and a half or so mm-hmm. um i did i helped her do some like youtube videos like six months after doing the photos and it kind of just became like little small kind of projects and collaborations together brand mm-hmm. but then we, we got closer as friends and we would like just talk about music and mm-hmm. we shared similar art, like favorite bands and artists yeah um, so yeah like the eventually it, le- it led to like her kind of jokingly saying hey, why don't you just manage me kind of yeah. a, a talk and then yeah you know, again, I wasn't, I wasn't loving my job and I was like, it planted a seed, I guess. And uh-huh. it just made me think about why don't I try this? Cause I, from the very beginning, I saw the, the talent and in, in her and, and like her, her potential. Um, yeah. but I was never thinking about really the business side or how it could help her really grow that career. Cause I really didn't know much about it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so the first couple of years was a lot of growing on YouTube because I figured I would use what were my skills, even though those are skills that I were just kind of like picking up and learning. So like, yeah, you know, back then, not a lot of people had DSLRs that can shoot video. And uh, <laughs> it was like the 5D Mark II that kind of changed this, like the, the, you know, video world as far as like having yeah. Like, a camera you can buy and have it look like cinematic or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of learned more of that side of stuff, like video production and helped her film her like initial um, like YouTube videos. They're, they're mainly acoustic stripped down covers. Um, right. And yes, first couple of years weren't easy as far as mm. uh, making it like your full time gig, you know, Definitely had to rely on my savings from having that regular yeah. um, to carry me. <coughs> sorry, carry me through. But um, yeah, crazy. It still is terrifying though. Sometimes that initial plunge you had to do to really pursue what you want to do. Um, I mean, of course, sure, as much as you do want to, uh, but. I think this really speaks to a bunch of different people who might listen to this, who might need that extra encouragement to take their leap. But is there a moment back at your accounting job that you realized this, if I were to stay here anymore, uh, I'd be giving up so much. Was there one moment that you remember walking to the office that you said that you had enough? (laughs) Dude, every day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, obviously it's gradual and I'm not, I'm not, shitting on like people with office jobs it just yeah. clearly wasn't for me <laughs> um, 
because we need those people, right? We need we need accountants and lawyers and, and yeah. engineers and all those things. But <laughs> I just went into it because I didn't know what else to do. Mm. I knew what to do, but it all goes back to this Edmonton mentality where you feel like you're stuck in mm. this city for whatever reason. And a lot of people, at least who I grew up with, didn't really go to school or universities outside of Edmonton. Mm. <laughs> so for whatever reason, there is this mentality that you just like, you're going to be there for like the rest of your life. <laughs> so then I'm like, well, what kind of jobs are in Edmonton? It's like construction, like ga- like oil and gas is what it's known for, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so very, very blue collar. Um, so I didn't, I knew I didn't want to be like in a trade in mm-hmm. that sense because it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm weak and I'm frail. <laughs> um, so I'm like, I'll be an accountant, you know, like yeah. I'll, make, I'll make a career doing that. And then like two years in, it was just like two years. Wow. Yeah, I did it for two years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just got like, I just got very unmotivating. And then, so I, I feel like everything just kind of lined up. It's like I saw the opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was maybe like thinking about doing photography, like as a career while I was an accountant, because that, I was kind of growing that side of um, my skill set or whatever. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, I guess everything I've learned hasn't been for nothing though. Like I still use my accounting skills and, you know, being like going to school for accounting, you also take a lot of, like, I double majored in accounting and marketing actually. So, Whoa. um, it, again, like I would have done the marketing side of things, but uh-huh. it was more like, you're not going to get an actual marketing job in Edmonton. Like there are marketing jobs, but it, you're marketing for, yeah. Like, an oil company, a construction company, like it's just mm-hmm. very not that they aren't out there, but there's not a lot of of creative stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So marketing right. probably would have meant like like marketing research, like surveys and stuff like that, more than more than what I thought I liked in marketing, which is the creative side and like the the agency side, like if if anything. Yeah. So yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wait, so then when was the like change in your mentality when it came to like man i gotta move out of edmonton i gotta go somewhere on then i then you move to toronto for me it was like you know just graduating from university i knew i couldn't stay in vancouver anymore because i wanted a a bigger change to 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 grow and stuff um so then i guess so then you you quit your job to start managing uh daniela and then then when you guys made the move out to toronto that was in 2016, I think, Lucas said. Mm, I want to say 2015. 2015, around there? Yeah. So what was, um, when, like, what was that process like coming to the decision that was like, we should probably leave Edmonton because the opportunities would be better in Toronto or walk us through that? Yeah, so we started getting some momentum like 20... Uh, 20, 2014, 2013, 2014, like a couple years in, yeah. we, you know, her, her following started to grow and grow more. And then, you know, we were doing stuff with like CBC, for example, they would fly us out and do yeah. like a video production thing. And mm-hmm. that was like one of my first trips to Toronto and just like, you know, seeing the city, 
from like a small town. Um, Yeah, it was like very like eye opening and just like yeah, exciting. And we made trips to New York to to do some stuff too. So just like getting more exposure to the bigger cities and not Mm -hmm. having so much of this like oh I'm stuck in Edmonton mentality. Um, Yeah. So yeah, like just seeing these bigger cities kind of establish the idea to both of us that we we want to be in a bigger city and we were able to live anywhere we really wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously there's like visa issues if we were to actually want to go to the States. Um, so that was, that was like a barrier. So we're like, Hey, what's the biggest thing in, in what's the biggest city in Canada as far as music and, and creatives and entertainment and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. Toronto was the obvious answer um, I would say. Um, so we just kind of made the move to, to Toronto. Daniela moved here in late or like early 2015. And then I, I had like to rent out my place back in Edmonton and stuff like that. So I moved in the summer of 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy, man. Um, I mean, of course the transitions between like Edmonton and Toronto could be pretty great. And for a lot of people, it could be too jarring at the same time though. Um, but you as a business manager for a creative artist, um, what areas do you think creatives are short-sighted on and what as a business manager do you do to help the creative see the bigger picture? Um, I think naturally creatives are probably short-sighted on the business aspect of it because they are just naturally creatives and that's, that's kind of the purpose for, you know, people who are, on the business side of like the entertainment or creative industry. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it is important when you're starting out to, if you're like one of those creatives that just like are don't know anything about business and finances and stuff like that, mm-hmm. to still like understand the basics of it because yes. yeah, that's, that's important. Like if you're probably not going to be able to have a luxury of, of a manager or something when you start. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. so how are you going to negotiate like even the smallest deal, right? Like how are you going to negotiate your bookings and your gigs and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff? So yeah, I think that would be like the, the, everyone needs to know a little bit of their business. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of creatives just, I know it's like not fun, but (laughs) yeah, it's important. Would you say like like your financial accounting is a really big uh, hurdle, or at least something that creatives might need to have a better understanding of? A little bit, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think you need to take a course for it, or like. Mm. And yeah, naturally, it's just because I took accounting. I it's just a part of my like knowledge of stuff, and yeah. it comes in handy right? because I, I do. It's not like you need accounting, but it's if it's there, you have a good sense of finances overall and how to manage that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it really reminds me because tax season just went by. Man, yeah. I need to do a better job of keeping receipts. <laughs> I mean, a shoebox. Like, oh well, like like yeah, like a shoebox would help, but like <laughs> I'm like, thank God I have Vanessa, my girlfriend, but like she's like. You can claim these as expenses. And I'm like, oh, I don't want clutter. So I just throw away receipts. I'm like, oh, I'll claim it another year or something. She's like, it's only applicable for this year. 
So just the whole thing, I think. You could Anything. probably like claim all your clothes that you buy because you are like, no, for real, you're in yeah. that. In, like I just did Daniela's taxes too recently. Oh, yeah? Oh. And yeah, like she, she, like every other creative, she just doesn't want to really organize. She's getting better yeah. at it, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it saves you money at the end of the day right, to keep those receipts. And uh, yeah, it does. I know what you can expense, even if you can't expense it at least having it you get that option to mm-hmm. probably also i would imagine if you're an artist and like you set up some kind of you know uh sole proprietorship for your yourself as a business then like almost anything an artist does you could almost kind of claim it as you know an expense and like yeah. i would i would assume like at a certain stage like once an artist gets to somewhere where they feel like they could do that then you should yeah. probably set something up because then the business taxes are just inherently cheaper than, you know, if you were just a single personal tax, right? Well, technically it doesn't, it shouldn't matter whether you're, this is like tax tips 101 now, but it shouldn't matter if you are incorporated or, or just like filing your taxes under your own name. It's like, if it's eligible, it's eligible, right? Like if you are an actor or a comedian and you need, clothes to like be presentable when you're on stage then that's a valid expense right yeah Um, so then that would be like being self-employed and then you just put it under that kind of title yeah so like technically if just because you're incorporated doesn't mean you have more legit expenses just because you're incorporated i guess Mm. i don't like don't take my word for it like don't get audited because of what i say but (laughs) um yeah um on that note, though, can you tell us more about your record label, Crooked Lid Records? Yeah, so uh, me and Daniela, it's a, it's a label that we own together, and it's kind of been every, what we've been releasing everything under um, mm-hmm. since 2012. Mm. Um, so yeah, we, we, we've been kind of like fielding offers from labels and like major labels, indie labels, and everything in between. Um, but from the beginning, we never really had a set goal of like getting signed or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we pride in ourselves to like to build just like to to build a mu- like a music company and to release music without needing like the man or like the big corporation or whatever. Um, yeah. And when we started, that was the initial shift, right? Like that was when in people could make music in like their own homes they didn't need like crazy budgets or or anything like that it was Uh kind of the start of that of that uh phase of music and now it's like studios exist but most music is probably made from this like guy's basement who's who sends it to someone who Uh sends it to someone else and it becomes like a a crazy track right Yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, like the like the like little Nas X track was literally like a basement producer. I don't know if you know the story, but not, little Nas X just bought a beat on the internet and then eventually became like. I think so. Yeah, I heard that. Song. It was it was like some kind of uh, just SoundCloud or internet guy who was like from Europe or something, and he just does a bunch of diff- different kinds of um, tracks or beats puts it out there and whoever wants to buy it and use it you can just buy it you use it and then exactly yeah, that's how little nas yeah that's how he found and he was he was just like very small at the time just found a beat mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I bought the beat for like 50 bucks or something on, on like yeah. So is that, would you say that would be kind of one of the now modern routes towards music production or if you're a musician is to be like, you know, maybe start developing a following on YouTube, then, you know, have a couple of business people that want to work with you, want to set up some kind of label. And then through your label production, you're able to like negotiate and interact with say bigger labels if you want to have extra like collaboration or work on projects is that does it feel like having your own label that you control is something that helps making it in the industry uh no i think the label the label thing is more of a technicality it's more of like you know i think we do have a goal of maybe like in the future like working with other artists and and helping grow their careers um Mm -hmm. but yeah like if you're if you're a new artist now you don't need to being under any sort of label doesn't give you like advantage over not being on a label because you can you can make a label right now and just call it like josh yang records (laughs) and it's label right right? so right our 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 label Crooked Records doesn't have a name, mm. so yeah, it's it's it all comes down to just like what content you create, like how good your, is your music, mm-hmm. how good is like your branding and like that kind of stuff. I would say. No doubt. Yeah. Speaking of branding, though, like a huge part I would say of of your and Danella's collaboration is you guys producing all your like really high concept music videos, like Tamale and Polly Pocket are some of my favorite videos of you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, can you go into the the process of creating a music video from ideation, from conception to all the way to post-production? Yeah, um, it varies, I, I would say. Sometimes it's like um, an idea that Daniela has, like r- the moment she finishes the song, she mm-hmm. might have already had like a music video or a visual concept tied to the music that she's writing. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously not every artist is like that, but she just has, she's really in, into films and the visual medium. So it's a big part of how she writes. Like her music is like kind of cinematic in that way. Yeah. Um, so for like Polly Pocket, for example, um, it was like right after she wrote the song, she kind of already had an idea for it, I think. Um, and then you just kind of reach out to, like the, these are fully produced um, music videos too. So like mm-hmm. uh, Polly Paco was done in Montreal. It was like a three day shoot with like, you know, a ter- 20 person crew. So um, it's like our earlier videos were a lot more like me and her and me just doing like a, like a simple setup. Like yeah. A corner of our, like my room or whatever, or my apartment or studio or like whatever location that is free. Okay. But um, yeah. I guess as of late, we wanted to step up the the production and actually put money into it. Um, Canada is great because you get grants from from Factor to fund a lot of stuff. Um, so a lot of a lot of our production budgets are, are thanks to like you know the government in Canada and, and yeah. stuff like that too. So uh-huh. um, yeah, it's it varies. Sometimes it's like a director also kind of collaborating with Daniela and figuring out a concept and then making it come to life. Nice. Nice. Um, just almost about to wrap it up, but I, 
I've always liked to ask these like last two questions with every guest we have on here. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- with you, with with you being a music manager and working with creatives and trying to pursue that path, um, in light of all that's happening in the world right now, what does being an artist mean to you? Um, I think being an artist means to me being someone who has a voice, who has a platform. And I think it's important that like you don't take it for granted and you use it for, for like for good overall. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have to like chime in on, on everything, but yeah, I think you, you, you do have like a, a level of influence and I think a lot of artists are using that for, it's just like make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah Hmm. would you like how would you then describe how um like how you and daniela's approach to using that platform then in terms of like how you guys want to put what's important to you out there on your platform yeah i think you know it can it can vary from like just posting something on instagram to also like what kind of songs you write Mm -hmm. um and nothing should be forced, so you shouldn't be like, "Oh, this is happening right now, so let's let's like do this." Because I think a lot of brands nowadays are also accused of like, yeah, using I don't know what the term is, but basically like, you know, kind of like the act of donating just to like get a good image or whatever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah if just you just have to be yourself at the end of the day, and I think a lot of these things that are happening you know, they should affect us if you're, if you're like, yeah. Yeah. If you're in tune with everything. And yeah. So speaking, speaking on that, like with given how the quarantines, you know, shut everything down, like we've Lucas and I have talked a bit about how it's affecting acting, uh, film production Uh, for me, like how the comedy scene is like basically put on standstill. How is, how have you found like the music industry has been affected or like your, ability to like further promote daniela i remember like you saying uh, back months back you you guys were going to go to like a festival in the dominican and then i think that got canceled right yeah yeah we went to the dominican this is like middle of march so right when things were shutting down oh um and then that it got canceled the day after we got there (laughs) um so yeah like i think Musicians are hurting as far as like they can't do oh, yeah. shows, and generally speaking, that's a huge part of like how musicians make money, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had like a plan to go on tour later this year, mm. that kind of stuff. Um, so I think we just have to be like innovative and like figure out ways of um, navigating this kind of quarantined world. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess you can, you can like make music and make make right. stuff, you know, create. That's the best way, but it can be like unmotivating sometimes too when you're just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially if everybody else is like, well, I mean, we would like to sign or like sign them or get them on to do shows that we manage throughout the industry. But it's like, well, nobody else is doing anything. We can't really make any decisions. Everybody's just waiting until something happens. Yeah, everyone is doing like live Instagram live shows and yeah. stuff when 
at first. And um, yeah, I think it's kind of like died down a little bit. And those don't, those don't really make you, they, they keep you engaged with your fans, which is, which yeah. is great. But, but it's also like, it was kind of oversaturated too at, at some point. Um, yeah. And it's not, it's definitely not the same, right? Like, like a Zoom show is not going to no. be the same as a live show at all. So. Zoom yeah, shows are terrible. Have you done yeah. a Zoom show, Josh? No, I haven't because I know, like, I know what they're going to be like. And I know it's yeah. just, it's kind of hard to, it's almost pointless. Yeah. Not, not totally pointless. Like, I would say, like, if you're doing, like, writing groups and amongst, like, comedians to work on material, then sure. Yeah. But, like, shows, in my mind, is, like, you're getting the very minimum. Like, if anything, it's kind of, like, something to do. Yeah. Um, but because I don't think I'm, like, I haven't turned it into my full career now where, like, there are career comedians that, like, need to do do something or, like, continuously at least put themselves in front of people or else it's like a feeling like you're not going to be relevant or, or whatever. But like in terms of working on material and stuff, it's yeah. those type of zoom shows. I just never see the, the initial value to it. Right. But, uh, but then again, it's like, Hey, it, if, if people want to do zoom shows, people should do zoom shows. Cause it's, <laughs> you still gotta do something. It's a lot of like uncertainty on, on what to do, when to do it. Yeah. When to get back. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, like, there's social distancing shows that can kind of exist and be safe and all that kind of stuff in yeah. the near-ish future. So, uh, who knows? Who knows? Just go to just go to the park and like do a get like a speaker yeah. PA system and just do a bit. I kind of the last little show thing I did was like a week or so ago where like some people other people i know in my building we went up to the rooftop just to chill for a little bit and then um they had a couple friends over and it was like oh josh can do comedy just let him do five minutes so i did so i just did a quick set that you know that's i had done for months beforehand so it was polished Mm -hmm. uh in front of some people on our rooftop and we have and you know our rooftop our rooftop has a sweet view like we got a sweet view of the the skyline and the CN Tower, so that was yeah. kind of nice being able to do do some comedy up there. That was the first time I did comedy in front of people in like months, and it was good to just get that exercise or get do the motions and prepare yourself mentally for that. So yeah. I guess in that sense, Zoom shows are pretty good to do, or like Instagram Live is pretty good to do because at least you're in that mentality where you're performing. Yeah, but I feel like for comedy, you need that like live reaction. So like a, lot, a rooftop in person makes sense mm-hmm. a lot better. But a yeah. Zoom call, I can just imagine it being like, oh, I know everyone <laughs> yeah. laughing at different times. Your internet yeah. connection is spotty. Oh, yeah. Do you let the crowd just like re- like react? Are there mics live or do you? Do they no, just- I mean for what I just did, it was just me in front of like maybe eight people and it was just me like just no mic i was just saying it in front of them and it's like the the rooftop thing you're talking about yeah just on top just on the roof so it was really just casual it wasn't really any any setup and it really shouldn't be because it was just going to be me doing five minutes like if it was any more thought was put into the producing of it is like what is the point of that and there was there was like nobody else there was going to do comedy so 
nobody was really in the mood for it because you kind of need to build it up. You have to set the environment. You have like an yeah. opening act. You have a host or whatever. And then where you break the audience down and you get them in the mood to laugh, then you give them the permission to laugh when you, they're amongst people and everybody is laughing. But mm -hmm. if it's just me doing five minutes, it's already like an unnatural setup. So it's like, no, I don't need lights. I don't need like a microphone. I'll just say these jokes and it is what it is. Right. Uh, but still miles ahead of a Zoom, a Zoom show. <laughs> oh, absolutely. At least, at least with like music and like comedy is a weird thing. It's like, it's one of the, f I think it might be the only or one of the very few performing arts where it's like, it isn't just you performing to the audience and then the audience can't do anything. Right. Yeah. Like mm. for, for like, music most of the time the audience if they sing along they sing along but there isn't as much a, an element of audience interaction you're there to see the musician you're there to listen to the musician it's kind of one way for yeah. the most most part and like for comedy it is kind of one way but if the whole point is to get a reaction to anything you say in terms of your jokes like whatever you say in the beginning that reaction will affect how you do later on mm. whereas like in songs or like concerts most of the time i would imagine your fans are there they kind of know the songs they, they want to see you perform certain songs they they have the expectation and like for plays or theater it's like you're not allowed to say you're not allowed to speak you're not allowed to interact don't heckle anything yeah. like that right but yeah. some but there is like an element of crowd work in yeah. comedy so you there is interaction with the audience that in general any other kind of performing art there isn't really Sure. so it's odd to do that uh over zoom yeah so it's weird yeah um should we go to word associations i think it's about that time right now yeah 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 let's let's uh finish it off with some words you know what josh let's try this hey you want to rock paper scissors and then like the the winner goes first i just want okay to all right all right okay okay uh, shoot on three. All right, all right. Or uh, <laughs> wait, are wait. we not? Uh, you wait. go. I'll just follow okay. you. Okay. Wait. One, two, three. Oh, you're what? scissors. You're, you're, are you scissors as well? I'm scissors. This, I'm scissors. This okay. is this is really entertaining for the podcast listeners. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna go first. <laughs> I thought twentieth episode could try something different. Okay. Yeah. All right, but yo, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we talked about this before recording, but Mr. Jeff Kwok, just say whatever short phrase or word that you think of once I say this one word. Okay. Okay. All right. It's going to go rapid fire. Okay. All right. Are you right, feeling loose? Okay. You want to take no. another swig? Okay. All right. All right. Ready. Ready. Good shit. Good shit. Okay. First word. Frank. Ocean. L.A. Sega. L.A. Palm trees. Crooked. Lid. Namaste. Yoga. Solange. Mm. A seat at the table. Ooh, nice. Tamale. Daniela. <laughs> Tour. Cancelled. <laughs> Accountant. Boring. Square. Space. Jeff. Quack. Ooh. That, oh, was, that fast. was very good. 
Yeah, one of the few, one of our few contestants that's like been going like boom, boom, boom. Was I, I was I supposed to give more thought to it? Because I no, no, you were supposed to give oh. like zero thought. It, if anything, okay. it it was supposed to be like the first thing that comes to your mind. I'm like, am I giving like unthoughtful answers right now? <laughs> no, nope. you just gotta be zen, have your mind completely blank, and then just go for it. Um, okay, I'll go through mine. If if you're gonna react, if you're gonna do quick ones, I'll also do quick. So, all right, let's do this. Okay, first word, family. Quack. <laughs> Pineapple. Uh, pens. Rain. Sucks. Alone. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Motivation. Um, need some of that. <laughs> okay, kumquat. What? Kumquat. I don't know what that means. I've heard of it. I, okay. Unknown. All right. All right. Mountain. Views. Tightrope. Joker. Oh. Satisfied. Got no. <laughs> got no satisfaction. <laughs> I got no. Uh, ending. Um... <laughs> Uh, movie. Wait, no, that wasn't. Yeah, that wasn't. You could. Oh, that was so obviously not what you were gonna. What were you gonna say? Was it happy? <laughs> happy ending. <laughs> hey, you know what? Don't you didn't have to be. I thought we just put it out there. Happy ending. Love it. Happy ending. Happy ending to the film. Nothing else. There's no exactly. other. Exactly. There's no. There's no second meaning to that. Exactly. Mm. You perverts, your OnlyFans. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, are you actually on? Uh, are you actually on OnlyFans? No, <laughs> no. If I only had fans, that would be, already be great. Well, you gotta start. Like, you gotta start somewhere. All mm. dude, no nudes, only lose. Yeah, I can be yeah. your username. You want to manage my OnlyFans career? Dude, I've been trying to manage you guys for the longest time, especially <laughs> Lucas and his mukbang career, but. Yeah, <laughs> just Lucas eating. We should just have a podcast where it's just Lucas and I eating things. I think so too. Doing a think so too. You should. You guys should do a like a special special edition where you just like make it a game show or a mukbang episode fifty. Mm. Why? Where we, where we have like previous guests on as contestants and then <sighs> exactly uh, Zoom it. Zoom contestant show. Where can people find you, Jeff? Where can they find me? They can find me in Toronto, Ontario. Oh, wow. No, they can't. Quarantine. You mean online? You mean online? Your, your handles, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeff Quack on Instagram, I guess. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What's um, uh? What What about any kind of like your label, social media, or anything like that? Uh. Don't use it, so <laughs> not existent. <laughs> or I mean, okay, you can look up. up. You can look up Daniela, Daniela yeah. Andrade, right. Andrade on most things. Um, yeah, that's that's anything. That's yeah, anything to promote for her then, since you are like the manager and um, new music coming out. What? Uh, yeah, everything's still kind of in, in in the works right now. Yeah. Streamer last project Tamale out now. All right, cool. 
we'll include some links to that. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Lucas John Ng. Ng is two letters. N G. No vowels. Mm. And you can find me uh, at Josh Yang Comedy across Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And, you know, if you want to sleep with Josh, the podcast, Sleep with Josh, then you can look at that up as well on across all podcast platforms. Uh, last couple episodes, I'll be reading the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So get woke while you get tired. Um, yeah. And find this podcast and all our other episodes at HWMIY Podcast on Instagram and Have We Made It Yet Podcast on YouTube and Mm -hmm. on Spotify. Yeah, and uh, like, subscribe, follow. Give us reviews, actually, because we we do want to know how we're doing and if you have any advice. Constructive, constructive criticism. Yeah, I swear there's always one bot that gives a a thumbs down on YouTube. There's always Mm -hmm. one thumbs down. Yeah, there, there are also a lot of comments that just appear like right or not a lot like there's always one comment that appears right away but it's like obviously did not go through the entire podcast still appreciate it i still we still appreciate the comment but it helps your algorithm (laughs) all right algorithm you you must know you probably know a lot about youtube algorithms and how to how to know (laughs) uh okay all right well either way that's the end of the podcast so thanks for listening Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 